Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Grind My Gears. I am Ashton Nimdari, and we got a good one here for you today. Before we get started, though, head on over to AshtonNimdariMMA.com and get yourself some awesome-looking gear, just like that hat right there. And if you want a discount, if you want to get a discount and capitalize on some of that privilege, use discount code BROWNPRIVILEGE at checkout. And get you some of that brown privilege like I got right here. So today I got with me a good friend of mine, known him for over 10 years probably. Uh Davin, you a little bit about Dav. I'll let him introduce himself, but uh, a little bit about Davin and why we're talking to him today is because he is one of the best educators I know. He's an educator, he's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu junkie, he's a fitness junkie. Uh, awesome dad, awesome husband, wonderful person all around together. Not going to give him too much more compliments, uh, <laughs> but don't want to boost that bald ego any more than it is. But uh, amazing guy. And, and thanks for coming on today, dad. Uh, thanks, Ashton. And don't forget, I was also your uh, like a puncher's mitt for MMA. <laughs> a punch, pu- punching bag for plenty of years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially when we first started. Um, Thanks for having me on, on your podcast. I really appreciate uh, all the uh, the big ups there. That's that's huge. That's huge. Thanks so much. Well, you deserve you deserve it. Like um, one of the things about uh, educate, like I'm educated. I consider myself educated. I went to to school. I went to university. Achieved mm-hmm. that higher level of education. One of the things, even though it doesn't convey in my my lifestyle so much in terms of like uh, MMA and stuff, is I do value education and mm-hmm. I do value good educators um, because, you know, as you grow up and I actually, one of the kids I taught yesterday, uh, I teach a couple kids uh, training and he has a little bit of trouble with, with school overall. Yeah. And I told, and I told him yesterday, I'm like, you can go through, you know, in my talk, when, when I graduated, graduated like 20 years old. So you can go through, 18, 19, 20 years of school. And yeah. you're going to have a million teachers, a million educators that cross your path. And to be quite honest, not all of them are going to stick with you and not all of them are going to be good. But right. for me, the value of doing that education is there was three or four along the whole way, not just in university. There's three or four along the whole way who's teaching style, their charisma, uh, their investment that really stick with you. And you'll find as you go into adulthood, you know, I find sometimes I'm thinking of those people and I'm thinking of, you know, the faith that they had in me at certain points during my, my school curriculum or the extra help that they gave me. And those are the ones that really stand out. So like, I mean, it's like any other profession, you're going to have, you know, ones that really, uh, uh, gravitate towards you and then ones that don't but what really uh, impresses me about you and and the things that you're doing is you're trying to be that for everybody and and that's a hard thing to do and it's rare to find i uh first of all i really appreciate that and um it's awesome how like you know sorry my cat's around here but uh you you and i both kind of see eye to eye on that because um i grew up uh you know single parent family so there was a lot of, you know, I didn't notice it. I didn't realize it at the time, but being at school was 
paramount to my development as a human being. Right. So, you know, um, and thankfully I had amazing, amazing role models, like beyond teachers, actually one of the most influential teachers was a supply teacher. Yeah. And yeah, he was, and he coached, he coached, uh, he coached a few teams and he was dedicated to the team. And, uh, he, he demonstrated, uh, he showed me what discipline was. Yeah. He showed me, Hey, seven thirty practice. Um, and we, we, he would coach us volleyball. And I remember someone would ask him, Hey, you're so good at coaching volleyball. You know, why not coach basketball? And I remember he was like, well, one, I hate basketball <laughs> Two, I hate basketball three. I hate basketball. So, yeah. you know, it was an introduction of like dry humor, but also like discipline and a lot of care, a lot of care because you know, you, you not only did he know his sport, but he took his time. He took his time. And then another teacher who became a, a vice principal, he, he passed away, uh, sadly, uh, due to skin cancer. But everyone remembered him as an amazing educator as well. And he was always gentle, always gentle. But he always knew when to, to uh, he knew when to be stern. Yeah, I think that's that's huge. Well, that that's huge for a young man, especially too, because uh, oh, yeah. without divulging too much information about people, I work with, there's some kids that I work with, and um, mm. they don't necessarily have that father figure around, yep. or mo- or mother figure. It's just more of a disciplined structure in the house, and mm-hmm. um, it, it it comes out to play, especially like um, when you're doing things like martial arts. Like I teach a lot of martial arts one on one. And it shows that discipline, that ability to focus, hone in on a task, take it seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, because I find that when you come from that environment, you don't realize what um, when you have it good. Like the ability to have an instructor yep. sitting there teaching you. Um, and, 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 you know, sometimes when you come from those backgrounds, when you, you know, it's not the kid's fault, it's just life. Yeah, they don't. They don't get that. So when they have it, they don't appreciate it, and and sometimes they waste it, right? Yeah. yeah. You see, for me, um, when I hit uh, grade eight, grade nine, I realized I had one of those exceptional coaches because in Hamilton, your middle school feed into you know, the high school, which is just next door. Yeah. Right. And what what happened after five, six years of this same coach coaching our middle school team, and we went to championships. Guess what? When you go to grade nine, ten, you have five generations of the same coached players winning championships in high school. Yeah, right. And you kind of realize, like, man, that that guy knew what he was talking about. And so that that made me. Uh, and when I when I go and teach, I have to, I realize, you know what? These students will hopefully recognize what we do as well. Like sooner or later, they'd be like, you know what? That teacher really, really cared. And that teacher really knows what he or she is doing. So maybe I should listen. Because in this world today, there are many teachers and more teachers than you and I had. Because when we went into school, it's like our teachers would be the ones in the building. But now it's like, you know, follow, you know, you know, keto such and such, <laughs> you know. And then all of a sudden you're like, yeah, I'm buying into it. I'm like, yeah, but you don't even know what, you know, do you really know if they know what they're talking about? No. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. so. Right. So whereas for for us, we had to see the proof, like we had to see the proof in the pudding and then be like, okay, I'm going to align my energy with this type of 
educators ways perhaps you know well speaking of that uh, obviously this last year and a half uh for you i would assume a challenging year uh Mm -hmm. year and a half uh and for your colleagues as well Mm -hmm. and um the first thing i wanted to talk to you about is like what were the the in the education like you could see it from the outside like my two kids are young uh so they're not directly involved in the education system yet mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. what were like um the, these lockdowns we all know that they don't solve much i mean right. we have we have numbers that go down big fucking deal mm-hmm. but in terms of solving issues it's creating more issues than solving and it's something that um you know people in higher pa- authority power seem to be ignoring and it's only yeah. the ones like you know, as a fitness professional, I'm working with some of these kids and I see some of the issues, but you are working with kids <laughs> all the time, like every single day. And then you yeah. go home and you got two little ones as well. So what yeah. are the tools <laughs> that you've seen in, uh, in the public education system over the the lockdowns? Like, um, you know, I'll, I'll say a couple off the top of my head and you can add yeah. more, but yeah. there's obviously the increase in obesity. That's huge. Uh, I know many, 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 many kids more than I have fingers who have gained ridiculous amounts of weight over this last year and a half because of unhealthy eating habits, snacking constantly, having food readily available to them because they're at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, that lack of physical activity uh, I've seen lead to depression, anxiety, uh, a whole bunch of other things. Uh, and then, uh, you know, one of the more notable things is, you know, I'm hearing a lot of reports of students and, you know, suicidal thoughts and stuff like that. So yeah. I'm wondering what else have you seen? Cause you're, you're, you're basically right in there with them every day. What have you like the tools that this whole year and a half has taken on these kids? <laughs> yeah. So being on the front line, everything you said is true. Um, and <clears throat> so, you know, I'm, I'm privileged to have like, you know, a fitness tracker. Yeah. And the other day, I went in to help uh, just kind of keep an eye on things for, for grade eights to come by, pick up their things, pick up their graduation gear and take a picture with them. Yeah. And just in being at school, I, I made over 10,000 steps. I wasn't even working out. I was just going up and down just the stairs. Up and my... down regular work day, right? Yeah. Uh, whereas, look, I, I, you know, I'm fortunate to have a gym in my house and I work out thanks to your, your training program and, and, you know, Professor Silvosa, all, all the things I'm doing, but it doesn't meet the steps. Like I'll, yeah. I'll hit maybe 7,000 as opposed to like 10,000 steps just by walking in a school. Oh, yeah. Right. So, you know, and you and I both know the value of walking, like walking is one of those underrated, you know, cardiovascular, mental, mentally kind of like, cleansing type of exercises right Um, it's it's thoughtless you do it uh subconsciously just because you need to get somewhere or you need to go that's right you're technically moving without even thinking about moving right that's right that's right and ten thousand steps is very significant because if you multiply that by five in a normal week on a normal work day on top of your hopefully workout routine you're doing fine you're doing okay but uh, so first of all, let's, let's, let's talk about the lack of, in a, uh, lack of activity, you know, um, that is taking a huge toll on everyone right now. So we, you know, we mentioned obesity in yeah. students, but there's also, that's happening in adults, 
Yeah, well, that's 100%. That's 100%. Most yeah. Of the people who are reaching out to me for help in terms of training, it's because, hey, you know, the last year and a half, I've been at home, haven't done anything, no motivation. I need somebody, right? That's, yeah. It's that community aspect. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, this, this kind of highlights the fact that a lot of people, when they go to a gym or they go to like phys ed class, it might not be for the program. It's because of that feeling of, Hey, I'm part of something. I'm, I'm there. I'm going to participate. I'm going to do some, I have a separate social group there. Yeah, you know, so, exactly. Yeah. No, I, ex- ex- yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. like um, me and you have been trained jujitsu for forever. I mean, I'm not going to divulge in name. I've been doing secret jiu-jitsu illegally for a year and a half, and I don't care. I'll say that out public. I'm not going to say where. But sure. one of the things I do miss is, you know, that um, that time after you train super hard, we train, you roll, you roll, you roll. And then, like, you're just, you know, you have to go home. You know, you're yeah. like, okay, my wife is waiting <laughs> for me. Uh, I have two kids at home. I got to put to bed. But then you just sit there and you end up, talking to people and shooting the shit with the guys or girls, whoever the hell is there. And then yeah. you, you look at your watch, like shoot 45 minutes. Like, but <laughs> when you leave, you don't even feel bad because of the conversation you had, even if it had nothing to do with jujitsu, most of the time it has nothing to do with jujitsu. Sometimes. It yeah. Uh, but you're just talking to people about life and yeah. exchanging thoughts, energy, pot, and none of those conversations are negative. While, all while you're stretching and cooling down. And those are some of the, key moments that i actually really miss uh especially with you guys where because those were that that extra half an hour yeah really be mentally uh freeing you know what i mean oh oh 100 um sag nailed it right on the head when we you know we uh you know at the end of mma we always come in and do like you know the high fives and you know and uh he, he said something he goes like united by uh what do you say united by uh this kind of like psychotic kind of like need to do what we do right yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's tr- and it's true and it's true i mean like who <laughs> we're what we do is a bit different we go in and and borderline like you could potentially really hurt someone oh, yeah. and uh the amount of trust that we have with each other like you sit down you're like my goodness, that guy, that guy really nailed me. And then he backed off. Yeah. He, he, yeah. Well, well, that, that's, well, that's sort of the point. You got to protect your training partner. You got to protect people. Well, we're family, right? Yeah. We're family. Yeah. Like I, like I always say, everyone's like, uh, always ask me like, are you, are you violent? I'm like, no, like I only turn that on for that one or two opportunities. I get to go into a cage and they pay me to do it. Otherwise I want everyone to go home to their family. Right. You yeah. Know what I, mean? I see. I, I mean, I don't fight in the cage, but I'm more like the guy and I get I get I get uh, criticized for it. But I get better late in the rounds because after I get tagged, I you wait, you wake up, I wake up. I'm like, no, I'm not taking this. You know, I, I taste blood in my mouth and I'm, I'm not taking this. But, you know, um, but, you know, I, I you know, I'm glad you're active. Like I'm active, too. Uh, but this is where the gap for students is widening because. There are, I, you know, um, I'm fortunate enough to, to run a school-wide phys ed class. So we have about 100, well, 100 participants yeah. log into Zoom. 20, about ha- 20 of them have their camera on. And, and you know what? And that's, a lot of them have their cameras off for various reasons, okay? So, yeah. um, and uh, personal reasons. So, uh, but then you also have a handful who probably aren't really participating or who don't even show up. 
And again, they just put the camera on and walk away, right? Yeah, they turn their zoom on and then they and that that has happened. And we'll talk about that's a different issue because that's something that we didn't have growing up, Ashton. But yeah. um, but yeah, so these students, uh, the handful of students who do participate on a daily basis, good, good on them, right? But then, how do you lessen the gap for for students who are not active? What yeah. can you do? And I remember I had this really heated argument with my mom. You know, I love her so much, right? But she starts out the conversation is, if I was a teacher, I was like, okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Yes. You know, I love my mom. And she's, all, you know, she's, yeah. she's really wise. But I think sometimes people buy into this whole, hey, if I, I was a teacher, because I hear it so much. Yeah. Right. Well, if I was a teacher. It's that mm. classic. Um, it, what to me, the, what that is, is the ego. Because, I mean, as a martial artist, you always hear it. If I, if I go into a fight. <laughs> If that was me, if that if that was me in that that situation, I'd just I'd just throw him to the floor. I'm like, no, bitch, you won't. You you haven't trained a day in your life. You got six rolls oh. on your stomach. You got bitch tits. You ain't throwing nobody. <laughs> you know, it's the class. It's it's just the human ego speaking there because you, they want to participate in the conversation or the the topic. But you, you know what I you know what I mean? I've seen. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. No, no, it's it's that same person who says, you know, get up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know when you're watching a uh, a UFC match or something, and they're like, "Get up, get up, get up!" Like, get up. Tell me how to get up. Yeah, Fuck, get up. If yeah. I knew if I knew how to get up, I would get up right now. But <laughs> well, one one time, one time, yeah, I'm pretty sure you remember. One time, I was uh, on the ground and I went to get up, and I got a knee right in the face from your from your. I think it was your right knee. <laughs> you're welcome. You're, you're welcome. Yeah. So at that point, I was like, "Yeah, you know what? Stay down. Stay down. But um." Yeah, so I, you know, I'm still trying to figure out how to, uh, to, to lessen that gap, right? And the thing is, is there any help coming in? Like, do you guys see a school board coming in to help bridge that gap and to help fix these issues? Well, see, it come, see, this is what I mean in terms of like that gap, right? So let's just say on a regular, let's just say schools were already active, like we're, we're back in class. These students are already at like, hey, you know, maybe I'll work out today. No, you know, I'm not feeling well or, you know, I'm not at school today. So they already they're already struggling. Yeah. Right. So what the one of the main points I'm going to highlight is the pandemic has has widened that gap. Okay. And and in terms of I'm still wrapping my head around, well, if I had a million dollars, what would I do to change that? And um, it, it, I would address it indirectly. Right. So I don't know. I don't know if you get, I think that you're asking that question a little bit later, but I mean, I do have some solutions, but it can't be, it's not direct. It's, you can't say, Hey, I'm gonna pump in a million dollars in phys ed and have everyone join in all of a sudden. That's not the, that's not the issue. The issue is that these students are already engaged in other things. So for instance, um, my son who's in grade two has already done the, I walk by him and he's switching screens. I'm like, what were, what were you? What, what were you? That, the, the fish were you? I still do that with my wife right now. She's <laughs> like, what, what were you looking at? I'm like, it wasn't porn, I swear. I just didn't want you to see what I was looking at. I want some privacy. Yeah, well, and you know what? It's, it's human nature, right? So, and I talk to my son as, as, a, as a parent and as an educator, right? Yeah. I go to him and say, look, just be honest with me. What were you doing? He goes, like, oh, I was playing a video game, Bloxels, right? And I said, look, just be honest with me, right? And true story, uh, we're in this uh, age of technology. In my class, this was back in September, 
I had a had a student shop online. Shop right? online, wow, wow. So yeah, <laughs> because like I'm sitting here and 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 my student is sitting across me, and even just by even by being ten feet away, they're doing this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, this was in class. This was in class. in class, uh, and they're, and because I I assigned them online work too, right? Because yeah. it's 2021, right? Yeah, it's 2020. Yeah, there's there, there's there are great resources, Ash. And one of the things that I love about today is that there are amazing resources. So it'd be like, hey, I I did the lesson. There's some online work, and they're like they're, they're, they're like they're plugging away, and I walk around, and all of a sudden there's nothing, no work done. I'm like, hey, I, I uh. It looked like you were solving the issue. The problem. The issue. Where's the work? Oh, oh, oh it's in, in. It's here. It's here. It's here. I'm like, oh, okay. And, and and guess what, Ashton? He or she is not the only one doing this. He oh. or she is not. The, yeah, my everyone. Question, my, my question is, like, I wouldn't fucking give my kid a credit card to shop online. Who the fuck's giving their kid credit card <laughs> numbers to shop online at that age? Buddy, I have no idea. I have yeah. no idea. And then, and then the other thing too is like even the great kids are on on um, sorry, on Google, chatting with each other, like yeah. even though they're sitting like across from like yo, and then so, and I was like, okay, and, and again, I'm the type of educator, but like, hey, I saw that. Can you close that? Because I don't want to read anything. I don't want you know. Yeah, I don't want to be scared. Not to be one of those ones that end up on TikTok screaming at the kids and throwing their phone across the room. Like it's 2021. Hey, if you and I were growing up in that in that day and I, age, I'd be using my phone like crazy. I'd be using hundred percent, hundred percent, right? So, um, I don't know if I'm I'm answering your question here, but like that that gap of engagement has just disengagement has widened, right? and, it was and, or, and basically, what you're saying it was already there before the pandemic, but the pandemic just exemplified it, made it huge, and yeah, and. and uh, well, and that's the other thing I wanted to ask you is, you know, you just mentioned, you know, we're online. You, you, you're one of the educators that accepted the fact that, you know, we're going to learn online. Mm. Right. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so my question to you, because I, I have some experiences online learning from university, which is a lot different than the, the kids you work with. But mm-hmm. what are the what have been like the positives? Because like, mm-hmm. I know there are positives like you. Absolutely. And the negatives of online learning because as a parent looking on in at, yeah. at all all of what's going on and i i'll you know i i do in-home training so i'll travel the client's house during the day and some of them are stuck at home and i and from i'll, I'll show you I'll, i'm just going to share what i see as negative first and what mm-hmm. i see as positive and then i want you to tell me if yeah I'm wrong. what people are telling me and what i'm hearing is like sometimes when you have this online learning parents are doubling as not only doing their job, whatever their job is during the day, they're now doubling as half a teacher, half an enforcer, constantly monitoring their kids, which is a huge negative for the parent. One, because they can't get their work done or their day to day. But two, it's almost like, you know, like you need a break from your wife. You need a break from your kids, take an hour or whatever. Kids don't even get that anymore because their parents have to be constantly engaged during online learning. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's one of the huge negatives I've seen. And, and I don't know yet. We'll see how this plays out. But I want to know if in the future, if it's caused maybe rifts in, in the home because kids don't get that, you know, that me time that they need or the parents don't get that me time. Uh, yeah. And one of the 
extreme positives I see from online learning is just, I mean, it's the classic thing nowadays is you can get university level education online. You don't need to technically go to an institution and sit there and listen. There are plenty of educators. You know, my, one of my favorites is like Jordan Peterson. I do a couple of his, I listen to a lot of his educational stuff. You can get great educators, great people access online. You don't have to leave your home. So there's a huge benefit of that. It allows you to travel. You can still be enrolled in school and travel. So there's a huge benefit. Uh, what are the, you know, the main things you've seen from online learning, you know, this past year? And, you know, is it here? Yeah. To, is this model sustainable that the school board is? <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So, you know, I, I, you and I are alike in the sense where I look back a year ago from a year ago, I took, I took advantage of university level, college level courses to upgrade myself simply because guess what? I have a family. I can't go to, you know, Seneca college, you know, once a week for three hours, yeah. not doable. So, you know, I took courses on, um, you know, a study on first nations in Canada from the university of Alberta. I was like, wow, that's so cool. I got a little certificate on that. Uh, upped my, my CanFit pro stuff. Yeah. Uh, also, you know, I uh, did a fitness kickboxing for Canada working for them now in one year, like all these amazing things. Um, also I was really fortunate enough this year to, uh, help out with, uh, fitness, uh, with board, with our board, school board for yeah, educators. That was one of the things I'll, uh, that I was really, really proud of you about because mm. not a lot of uh, people would take that initiative in terms of so, so good for you, man. Thank you. No, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, Professor Omar is one of those, one of those, uh, one of my role models where I saw how he, we, <laughs> I remember our first few weeks of shooting footage you know and we were kind of like what do we do kind of thing and now he's just like a well-oiled machine yeah you know his his vision's intact and it's it's effective so you know i take that same energy and do that now here's the thing uh we are adults we're independent learners if you sign up for an online course you, you want to do it you're gonna do it yeah you pay and you're, gonna money, be fine. you're gonna you're gonna do it you, you know what i mean yeah exactly and this is where i think uh, you and I are, are educators. We also understand that not everyone who steps through the door of a school is ready to learn. Yeah. Yeah. You know, hundred percent. And when people sign up for training, if that, if 50%, I mean, if you look at the business model of a, of a, of a fitness gym, they know that half of them aren't ready to do more, more, more than half of them. Yeah. 80, 80%. <laughs> I think statistically, uh, it's from sign up to action is two months. So like a gym will benefit two months worth of membership or whatever the hell fees before action actually takes place. There's actual science on that. I'm not talking shit people. So there's actual science on that. So that's just, uh, that's the way it is. It's the way, um, human, you know, intention to action takes place. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and that, that business model works, right? Because a lot of times that whole contemplation, it was like, yeah, I bought it, but I'm still contemplating. Like, yeah, okay, it's sixty dollars, please. I'm like, okay, no problem. <laughs> so, but but the thing is, with with it, and that's a different level. That's a higher level than where we are where we are with kids, right? Kids are like, I don't want to go to school. I get it. We were we were there because they're physically growing. They're they're 
they're physically designed to not get up at seven in the morning. Yeah. You know, we've all been through this. So, you know, um, we are, but what we're trying to do is cultivate a, a culture of independent learning, a, a cultivate a culture of a yearning for more and, and opening and opening your eyes to a world where you're like, you know what? I do need, I do need skills. Right. But in your opinion, does online learning facilitate that? No. So again, I'm going to go back to the whole, it, it broadens, it, it kind of exasperates, uh, um, uh, exact, exacerbates the, the, the whole, uh, the gap where, where students who are struggling are going to struggle more. Yeah. Right. So for instance, if I'm already struggling with fitness, uh, when things are running normally, the pandemic is more likely so going to yeah. make it worse, right? Exponentially, exponentially, right? So, and I think that's 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 what that's what's caused. Now, I, I think that uh, in years to come, we're going to be dealing with the with this rift. There is a rift. There is a rift. It, it, it'd be so. I'll give you uh, an example. I I was teaching a grade eight uh, subject in math. And it's based on grade seven experience. Yeah. Okay. And after I handed out the sheets, this was, uh, this was back in October or November when we were still in class. Still in class yeah. yeah. And then they looked at me kind of like, I'm like, Hey, is everything okay? And this is the, the beauty of actually being in the class. I can read and feel the emotion, right? Read, feel emotion, hear the sounds, hear the, you know, exactly, exactly. I just, as a trainer, that ninety percent of what we do is like, okay, okay, okay. You know what? Just, okay, okay, put it down. Let me let me go over it again with you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but so they, one of them, frankly said, "Mr. Yu, uh, we've never seen this before." And then I realized, oh my goodness, I'm. And I apologized. I, you know, I said, "Look, I, I totally forgot that." You know, back last year, starting in April to all the way to June, a lot of you already checked out. Like yeah. this, and this is not your, it's hard to learn. So then I actually go, had to go back and teach these grade eights, grade six fundamentals so that their grade seven fundamentals are sound. So that maybe, maybe, maybe I can touch upon grade eight material. So, and that's just with math alone. Yeah. So do you think um, if I was to make a generalization comment, do you think that most students are about half a year to a year behind right now? Um, and, and this is more of a guess. Right. I, I, you yeah, know, a generalization, not, not a statistical yeah. analysis. Um, the best student is probably half a year behind. Which is big. It's huge. It's huge. It's huge. And here's the thing as an educator, as a fitness trainer, as an educator, yeah. it's not linear. Like, so for instance, if I stop training, it doesn't flatline. No, no. It regresses. It regresses. <laughs> and then you're, you're lucky if you, you, if you work hard your peak goes back up like a, like a stock market chart. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Continue continuously building peaks and valleys. Same, same mm -hmm. kind of concept. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's, there's a rift. And I think as, as, as a community, as a province, as a nation, we have to accept that. And um, my, my biggest worry for what has happened the past few years is because we're, the, we're so data driven. Yeah, and guess what? Uh, what's going to happen is, what do you, what's going to happen with standardized tests? Because now the the standard has changed. Yes, exactly. Uh, well, I this is just me talking. You can correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like there's a disconnect between what you just said with the mm -hmm. reality of it is this rift, and mm -hmm. what 
people like Leche, Leche, whatever the fuck his name is, and them are preaching. And it's not just his government, not just that government. It's mm-hmm. all of them. If it was another government in charge, it would be the same thing. There's a disconnect between what you just said, the reality, what's happening, and what they're saying, conveying in the media. There's a big disconnect between what you just said and what they're saying. They're claiming that students are on par. They're doing all right. Online learning is doing is a great tool, mainly because of the fact their statistics are showing people are logging in, right? People are just logging in. And so statistically, attendance is great. But realistically, what, what we're just conveying and what we're figuring out, what we're they're six months behind ish. Right. And, and that's, that's just, and it's, it's, it's like a very big disconnect between this what's going on really in the schools and how these uh, school board and, and government officials are conveying it. Well, le- yeah. Le- well, no. Okay. Well, so let me, let me paint a picture that, that might highlight uh, what people are saying. Imagine that every household has a roof. Okay. Yeah. And we do. Imagine that um, a majority, uh, not a majority, a, a, a significant amount of households have a roof that is kind of questionable. Like there might be, a, might be a leak. Might be a leak, yeah. Might be a leak, okay. So you can take a, you know, a strong rainfall here and there. But what has happened, imagine if I said, okay, for the next two months, it's going to rain straight. Yes, just like a pandemic, right? Ex- exactly, right? So then you're going to have some households like, yeah, we're fine because we just got new tiles new roof, new home, no problem. And then for, for myself, I, you know, I, I bought a beautiful home, but it's got, it's got little leaks. It's got little holes. I, I, I um, if after two years, guess what? The leaks are going to, it's going to flood. It's going to flood my, like, um, like, you know, my, my big tree, it fell like yeah. all these things come into play. And two years later, you're going to see a handful of people say, Hey, we've thrived. We were awesome. We were fine. Yeah. And then you're going to find a significant amount. I was like, our home is destroyed. Well, I find like that that's the thing that's going not like, I don't want to get into other things like COVID and crap, but mm-hmm. I find like that's the, uh, the thing that's going around is they'll handpick the certain cases that have thrived in these situations. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll promote, they'll promote them or use them as the examples of what's going on. Because I, I talk to a lot of parents, train a lot of kids and I train a lot of parents and some parents tell me, oh, my kid is doing really well. Well, great for them. But then maybe that's because their personality is more introverted. They don't like to socialize so much in school. So this gave them an opportunity to thrive in a learning environment where they didn't feel like that. But those yeah. are, that's just a very small percentage. And I feel like that small percentage, media, um, these government officials are using as the example of why it's working or why we're going to keep this model up yeah uh for a while for a while you know what i mean well you know ashton i you know you you okay so how do i say this you're in you and i are in this profession or you know for fitness training and stuff like that or even like jujitsu and mma we're 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 privileged we're privileged to have the income to be like hey i need this i need that uh, i want to train sure yes and then there's a hand, there's a large majority where, you know, oh man, it breaks my heart, but uh, single parent household, yeah, if that, 
they don't if, even have money for a laptop or a tablet, right? That's right. A lot of our students, so I'll, I'll touch that. I'll touch upon that in a second. Uh, this, and once they get the device, oh, oh, what about their Wi-Fi? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, again, privileged to switch from DSL to fiber. Uh, not everyone has that. Like it, the infrastructure might not even be there for certain communities, right? In their home, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I mean, like, and again, please don't take this as an attack. But the thing is, if oh. if you and I have clients, they are they have a privilege of being able to pay for that. Absolutely, that's a that's a privilege. It's a privilege. So, so, and and again, for for us, it's like we have the privilege to have uh, the high speed internet, the devices for our students, for my 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 kids. Yeah. But, you know, what this pandemic has highlighted is that, you know, you, you know, the community where I teach, yeah. you know, where the community is. And I love my community, like, uh, from the bottom of my heart, I really do. But I also know that the, the, the living situation is fortunate, but it's not, it's got, it's, it's not ready for the two-year torrential rain. Yeah, I got what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. You know, so... Um, now, some of the, so again, so the, the biggest negative is that, uh, the, that, that learning gap, the engagement gap has widened and, you know, um, the song you talk about academics, let's talk about mental health. Let's talk about physical health. We are, I have to start thinking, we have to start thinking about how we're going to get everyone engaged physically before we talk about academics. Yeah. Right? You, you and I aren't, aren't going to read a textbook if we feel like garbage. Yes, a hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Right. So, um, but a few positives, right? Uh, you know, and there's a handful of that. Is that um, there are those who are thriving with online learning. Yes. Okay, and that's that's great. That's great. But I can't. I'm as an educator. I can't celebrate that. I'm not going to throw a party because of that. Because that's not. I, that I'm more. That number is not a, a significant number to to generalize the population basically not to it's yeah not a, not a big enough number to celebrate because it's not a accurate representation of really what's going on and what we're seeing right well i mean yeah i mean if you take a look at our our, our jiu-jitsu team our mma team uh if everyone's doing well and those who are competing are are doing well that's a good representation of our team yes 100%. but if you only have that one or two guys or girls competing and everyone's just like lost at a tournament, lost in the fight. Yeah. Um, you don't have a good team. Exactly. I, I <laughs> you don't have a good team, but you know, from, you know, top to bottom, one through nine, you know, baseball, baseball terms, if everyone's firing on all cylinders, like you and I both know we have recreational uh, athletes, but man, they're, they're pushing us. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Like, this is a good team, you know? So, um, same thing in a, in, in a school, uh, again, I'm not, I'm not celebrating yet, but a few things that, uh, that I've really enjoyed is learning about all the different online platforms, uh, things that I can take back and use in my classroom for sure. Back in you know, right when September starts, I'm using this platform. I'm well, using speak, this. Speaking of September. Mm -hmm. So from what I'm hearing is there's, uh, apprehension that there's going to be uh, in class uh, in September. And I'm of the firm belief that these kids need to get back in class. A hundred percent. What is the pushback right now? Why is there even a discussion 
of keeping the kids back home because I know for sure they should have, I know for sure a hundred percent in June, they should have been back in class. Even if Mm -hmm. it was for four weeks and they didn't do a goddamn piece of work and it was just to socialize. Yeah. See the friends and be around people. I know they should have been back in class around the world. Kids are back in class. Yeah. Because let's be quite honest. This doesn't affect children. Like it affects adults. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Uh, I had COVID. My wife had COVID. My Mm. fucking kids didn't catch shit. They didn't Mm. catch Mm -hmm. nothing. Right. Mm -hmm. They might, they might have tried, but we, I mean, we stayed home. They didn't catch shit. They did. There's no effects. They're running around the house like normal. I'm trying to push them away. Like I have a one-year-old. He's trying to climb on me. I'm like, nah, man, I got COVID. Motherfucker didn't catch shit. He was running around. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Flinging his dick. Like a little man does no problem. Why are we even having this conversation that there's a potential that they're going to stay home still. And this thing is pretty much almost over. I wouldn't say, oh, it's, I think, I think personally, that's another political dis- discussion. It's going to go on mm-hmm. forever. But uh, why are we even having this discussion right now? What's going on that they're even trying to prolong this? Um, you, you know, I think if you take a look at, uh, I was reading a news article where I think in New York, I think schools are putting in uh, two two HEPA filters in each classroom. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, obviously the private, the private schools have smaller numbers uh, in terms of students in classroom. So, you know, my response is it goes beyond, uh, you know, a spread of a virus, uh, but definitely with the spread of a virus, a large class number is logically not, a good good thing like you have a virus an outbreak and then large numbers okay yeah, well a viral infection spread airborne more people in the room yeah like yeah it's yes sense, so right? it, it it's it's very simple then you know then we have to reduce we have to reduce class size so you know the argument goes what is it what is a reasonable class size you know and uh i will highlight um and this is factual that uh two years ago i had <laughs> a class of 35 okay okay and so you know and 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 35 this is pre-pandemic and then uh during the pandemic there was potential for the same amount of num- same number and a classroom is not very i i have the largest classroom in the school yeah because uh, i'm a grade eight uh, i'm in the intermediate division but i do have pictures of one of my classes where it's just a sea of desks and this was during the pandemic. No, no, this is before. This is before. But what I'm, but what I'm saying is that nothing really changed, like in terms of like the parameters, in terms of like awesome. someone saying, "Hey, you know what? Uh, it's pandemic mode. We it, we're gonna maximum number is this." Well, is that a teacher problem? Is there not enough teachers? It's it's also a funding, right? Obviously, if you had more funding you would have more teachers, more teachers, smaller classes. And so as a parent, um, imagine, imagine, you know, you, you, you meet the teacher night <laughs> yeah. and then the teacher has a lineup of, well, you have 60 parents now because it's maybe, and, and it's because in that class there are 30 plus, plus students. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that wouldn't sit well with me as a parent. Right. Uh, yeah. Whereas, you know, you and I, honestly, some people on the internet, they exaggerate. But when you and I were growing up, our class size was not 35. 
Uh, so, certain ones, depending on what year it was, but not not consistently. Put it that way. Yeah, it, yeah, right. For but for the most part, it's twenty five. Yeah, 22. I think the only time I had a big ass class like that is if I got stuck in one of those split grades, where I was. Mm. You know what I okay. mean? Okay, so here's the other thing: <laughs> split grades is is it's 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 tough it's tough because you're teaching different curriculums tough on and the, tough on the educator tough on the students right right exactly so the thing is uh again in a perfect world in a perfect world you would have straight classes because that that makes that makes sense yeah, let's makes you know imagine like a fitness class where you're like hey guys uh today it's going to be beginners and intermediates together it's like no it's, it's hard to do that well, yeah I don't, it, I don't even i don't even entertain that idea anyway it's right exactly especially we're like you know we're doing wall climbing it's like i've never done this before and then you have this ace guy he's you know so, so basically yeah the comparison you're making is really good that's probably why you're a teacher and i'm not but uh, <laughs> <laughs> no i mean here's the thing i mean um you know from a teacher's point of view it it, it is hard to manage a large class right and people think like oh well, well you just stand there and teach no because uh a lot of people forget that these are these are students, these are children who are learning, right? And guess what? When they struggle at home, they struggle at school. Uh, and when a student needs that ear, when a student is having uh, a breakdown, yeah, you know, not, you know, it, you know, I can, you know, if I had twenty five students, it's easier to manage uh, chaos. Yes, hundred percent. Right. But, you know, when you have 30 plus, all of a sudden it's like you, you, you kind of turn your back for a split second and then all of a sudden you lose control. So the magic number to you would be in that, you know, 22, 25, 26 student range is manageable for you or would it have um, Okay. Like, don't, again, don't quote me on it because like, I, you know, I teach in a, a grade eight setting. Yeah. Right. So it might, it might differ for, you know, Younger kindergarten. Students. Yeah. Okay. So let me, I'll, obviously I'm not a kindergarten teacher, but I've seen kindergarten numbers. I'm like, how, how do you have 30 plus like, and then, and so the solution is, well, we'll hire an EA, yeah, but now you're, now there's more, it's still more. Yeah. They'll add more. Yeah. yeah. They'll always yeah. find a way to save money by adding more. Well, we added a, a assistant, but here's another five because you can manage it now. Right? No, exactly, exactly, exactly. Right. So it's almost, it, you know, it, it less, it less is more. And, and, and that's why I kind of, that's my kind of message to people is like, sometimes less is more. Um, how do we get, you, how do we get that? Though? Because it, it comes down to funding. It comes down to funding. And I think that's one of the things that um, we, myself as a teacher, yeah. I, I do stand by, like, obviously if I, get, uh, I, I understand the times, I understand the times budget cuts. We had to reduce costs. I get it. I get it. I really get it. But if the if the message is we are going to fix this problem, you have to hire more educators. And there are plenty of great young educators ready to jump in. And that yeah, segue into the other thing I wanted to talk to you about because mm. I know you as an educator. I also have family members who are educators, and I also am friends with other people who are educated mm -hmm. um let's let's be honest some of them should not be educated sure and but what it's and i'm going to say from outside what a parent what a parent looks like on the outside is it's and it's someone 
classifies as controversial. I don't give a fuck. That's why I do this shit. But it seems like some teachers really don't want to work in this mm-hmm. environment and even pre-pandemic. They really don't mm-hmm. want to work. There's always an issue. There's always a problem. There's mm-hmm. always, and, and we've just highlighted some of the problems that yeah. obviously can be solved with funding and more teachers. But say we did get that. Say we did get that funding and it did come in. It just from the outside. And I could be totally wrong, but I think I'm halfway right. Right. Yeah. It just seems like some of them don't want to work. They're unwilling to work. They're making like excuses. Like for, I'll give you an example for me in my industry and related. Yes. There's a pandemic going on. I fucking caught it. I understand there's a disease. It didn't bug me. So I don't give a shit. I I recovered well because I'm healthy and I take care of myself. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yes, there's the risk of getting sick. hundred percent. There's, there's always been a fucking risk of getting sick, not just when COVID was around. There's always a risk of danger. In, yep. in that setting, it's, it's, it's pretty less compared to what I do for a living, especially with martial arts and fight. So I'm used to taking high levels of risk, high yep. levels of... So for me, this is not a huge deal. Why does it seem like people are unwilling to... Like for me... I would do anything to catch a paycheck. Right. You know what I mean? To make sure that I have money. Why are people turning down work? Why does it seem like some educators, not all, I'm not generalizing the whole population. It seems, but the small amount of them are kind of leaving this negative taste on parents' mouth and we're seeing it and we're like, why are some of these people doing this and Mm -hmm. acting like this way? Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things uh, I remember uh, two months ago, I was sitting down and everything was running okay with class. But then all of a sudden, I don't know what it was. I, I I had to get up and leave. I had to, during my lunch break, I went up to my wife. I said, I need to go for a walk. I can't figure out what's going on. Yeah. And I, I went, honestly, Ashton, I went a little, I don't want to say crazy. But I, I had to walk. I walked. And it got to a point where when I saw a neighbor who I've never met before, I started waving at them. Yeah. Right? And um, and they waved back. They're kind of like, yo, hey, how's it going? <laughs> but when I got back home and I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, I feel better now. But for about an hour, I wasn't myself. Yeah. And, yeah. So, and again, it goes back to not just students, but even as 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 adults, like I'm fortunate, I'm fortunate and I'm really thankful and grateful for that. But there are a lot of, of people who are dealing with so much already outside of the classroom. You mean, yeah. Outside of the classroom. Hey, even inside the class. Right. So sometimes like there are issues happening inside, you know, their education world or things aren't going their way or there are personal health, there are health issues, there are family members, uh, the other thing too is that uh, uh, um, we have to remember as a community is that a lot of educators do have families. A lot of educators uh, might have have children who are uh, struggling. Yeah. Right. Does that make sense? So, yeah. just the this the whole idea that we have to put in X amount of uh, screen time uh, t- uh, teaching uh, while while your kid barges into your class. Yes, yeah. You know, oh, and then you know that sound where like all of a sudden you hear ten million Cheerios spray across the floor, yeah. and you got you know animals who are gonna eat it all up. Unless that, 
Oh man, Ash, that, that, the pressure, the pressure uh, oh. adding up, and it. So, so, are you, um, correct me if I'm. Uh, see if I get this right. You're saying that external issues coming in mm-hmm. c- compiled with the education system is is for some people too much to handle. So, they well, okay. Yeah, so you know how that expression, you know, that's the last straw, or that's the that's yeah. the thing that it, it, it's not even the last straw. It is a pile of bricks. Okay. <laughs> right, because here's the thing, right? We didn't we didn't switch to online learning. We, okay, it's one thing to be like, hey, um, folks, we're pivoting back to online. Today's Friday. Check in Tuesday because let's be honest, Ashton, if we, if you had a transition from uh, your, your physical brick and mortar gym and back to online, yeah. you need, you need a day to get your equipment, um, you know, get, get your my shit in order, get my shit in order. Yeah. Yeah. Even the p- lesson plans, like your, your plan of attack is different, it's different physically and mentally. Yeah. Mentally. Right. So, and here's the other thing too, again, your kids, you have to get them ready. Yeah. Right. So not only did the switches happen, like honestly, Ashton, I, I sat down. It was um, this was back in April, I think, when we came back from April break. During recess, I sat down and I checked my Twitter, and it said teachers are going back online Monday. Oh no, tomorrow. Okay. And this was a Tuesday, if I recall, right? And I was like, and I and I in your head, you're just like, fuck, man. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. even that, Ashton. I had to t- I screenshot it. I sent it to uh, a colleague and said, am I reading this right? Because I think I'm in this, this, this state of disbelief because this would be our third, what they call pivot. Yeah. Right. And you know, Ashton, you and I both know what a pivot is in sport. This is not a pivot. It is a, I was telling someone it is a 10 yard penalty. Yes. It's a hundred percent change. It's a, well, I mean, <laughs> I did, I, me and uh, Chris talked, Chris Bonfo talked about this in the last podcast, even for mm-hmm. when he had to pivot his business online for the online classes. Yeah. It's taxing on the instructor. It's taxing on the instructor because there's only there's, and the way he described it and the way I agree with the, there's a limit to how long you can keep engagement on online learning, which then, inhibits your creativity right you have to be creative and create how how much are you going to be creative as an educator before it, it all comes you, you know what i mean and i i understand what you're saying it's basically you're saying we're looking at some some educators are mentally burnt mentally and physically burning out from from this and right right or wrong they're lashing out a little bit and refusing to work refusing to do mm-hmm. so and, and that's well it is, right yeah i mean you know, I, I think, you know, everyone has a right to, to make their observations. Um, you know, uh, I just think that when I hit that point where I had to get up and walk, that that was beyond my control. I, I There was a part of me that just took over. It, it said, you got to get up. And it was, it, I was in survival mode. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know it's, yeah it's, like, it's like, you know, you know, when you get clipped and all of a sudden, you don't remember what's going on, but you're just yeah. punching your way out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, that's like most, that's like drowning underwater. You're, you're drowning you're, you're trying to swim, but something's holding onto your feet. Right. Same yeah. Thing. Or, or as a white belt, you're, you're on the bottom. <laughs> you're just, you're just trying to bench press yeah. your way out, <laughs> you know, and it doesn't work. Right. Um, but Ashton, I will say this, like the, the biggest difference is when you're physically in brick and mortar and you come up with this great plan for your client, you automatically see, 
their appreciation and they're kind of like, man, this is, I, I'm in a, this is awesome for me as an educator. Um, and this is where it's different from the fitness industry because they're paying you. They're, they'll turn their, their monitors on. Yeah. I stare at a screen with just names. Yeah. And it's just black and you it's have no, you have no clue if you're reaching through to them or not. Right. Yeah. And, and as rookie, mis- rookie mistake, uh, when I, this was last year, I, I planned a great, I did this great plan on the history of hip hop. I, f- I figured this is music. This is, you know, arts, it's language, media arts. Yeah. No one cared. <laughs> and it hurt. It hurt. And it took the, the wind out of my sails, so to speak. Yes. Right. And this is like the first time now I'm kind of like, Hey, I'm used to it. I, you know, I crack jokes about it, but I've built up that tolerance. But again, uh, that I'm fortunate enough to, to, to be able to do that. And I'm not too sure. Everyone, I can't do it for, for the long not, run. Not, every, not everyone's equipped to do it. Right. Like, for yeah. you, like you, you're uh, in my opinion, a special educator where you would, pursue through these difficulties but some of them may not have those tools to do it right it, it could be why i've expanded into uh online you know group fitness instructing and doing like the fitness kickboxing is because i do in, in the back of my mind i kind of miss that interaction yeah right i mean it, it, okay action is kind of strange but i'm looking at you on a screen and yeah, it exactly. seems normal. It seems normal. It's normal, right? Yeah. Right. Whereas five years ago, we like, why don't you just meet up at the gym and you know, do let's this? Just meet up at the gym and let's do this at the gym or someone's <laughs> house or something. You know what I mean? You know. Um. But yeah. I, I, again, just to highlight, I mean, I uh, my heart goes out to uh, not just educators, but everyone who has to change careers, drop careers, put the careers on hold because of uh, something significant. Like, I mean. Well, as you say that right now, sorry to interrupt you, but correct me if I'm wrong. I'm hearing tons of reports because I don't believe shit that I hear now, but uh, I'm hearing tons of reports that there's a lot of turnover that's happening in the education system where teachers have reached that point mm-hmm. or, and, and they're pursuing other career paths. Is, is that true? Is that what you're seeing? Or is that kind of just media playing a little bit of games with us? Um. You know, I can only address that by saying personally, that's what I've done. Yeah. Is, is, is you, you know, you kind of do a soul search and you say the, because the, the, the teaching industry has changed, the, the fitness industry has changed. Yeah. And it, you kind of ask yourself, okay, is this what I want to continue to pursue? Because um, I don't know if things will ever be the same. Like it, it I don't, I don't think so. I think there will always be an element of an online presence. Same with fitness. I mean, yeah. the fitness industry is, hey, someone's going to go the online route. Yeah. You know, um, we shop online. <laughs> yeah. We read books online. Right. So I think um, as much as it pains me to say, I think there's going to be an element of that that will stay. Uh, and at the same time, I, th- I think it's only healthy for people to explore other other options. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Look at you. I mean, like you're doing podcasts, right. As, as you know, um, you know, as you know, in the beginning, you ever, you're talking about your, your brand. Right. And I think you're kind of, you're, 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 you're reaching expanding my reach. Like I'll give this example to people. I don't want to make this about me, but the pandemic to me was a blessing, not because of the fucking disease or whatever, 
Sure. Because it gave me an opportunity to see work in another light. That's right. Right. Uh, the first, like uh, I, I've said this in other posts and shit, the first month and a half was really shitty for us. Right. Mm-hmm. At that time, my wife was on mat leave. And yep. then I'm in the fitness and so I knew there was something wrong when I had like at that time I was booking stupidly. So I had like 11 people in one day and, <laughs> and um, <laughs> I went from 11 to one. Right. The in cancellations because of, uh, you know, workplaces shutting down. And, yeah. and I'm like, something's up here. Something's wrong. Mm-hmm. I spent I kid you not. I can ask my wife. I'm not a fucking liar. I spent like three weeks just wide awake i was working non-stop i think i remember i think i remember because i remember i was like yeah action seems kind of stressed out <laughs> yeah. three weeks non-stop yeah. to make sure i had my online ready to go to make sure i was i had to feed my family right yeah yeah and, man uh, and i didn't stop i didn't stop one thing i took every risk i needed to because i'm a risk taker and that's what makes me i would say super successful is because i take crazy risks sometimes i get rewarded sometimes i don't but in this sense, I turned the pandemic to a very great, like me and my wife have never been doing better than we have been doing right now. And that's not a case of luck that like people, oh, you're lucky. No, I'm not fucking lucky. Mm-hmm. All right. I stay up sometimes, like I'll finish clients and I'll come home and I'll stay up till three in the morning to get other shit I need to get done. That's not luck. That's hard work. It's like when Elon tweeted, uh, he's, you know, that tweet, I, I don't remember it exactly, but it was like. I spent, you know, 24 hours a day working, sleeping on a factory floor and people are still trying to call me lucky. Right. Yeah. You, you, it's hard work. I put in that work. But yeah. at the same time, I understand that you could have put in that work over the last year and still gotten nowhere because of just different industries. Right. Different opportunities. Yeah. Different, different mindset. And and so I, I feel like that might be happening to some educators where they They've been putting in that work with the kids, doing yep. that online grind, that online hustle. The reward is not showing up mm-hmm. financially, too. Because mm-hmm. I mean, that's another discussion we're going to talk about in a second. But financially, it's not the most rewarding career ever. Right. Okay. And then you're yeah. seeing other educators like, like I'll take Jordan Peterson, for example. Brilliant mm-hmm. mind. One of my favorite people to listen to. I don't give a shit if. People are on here listening, liberal, and they're like, fuck that guy. Fuck you. I don't give a shit. I love the guy. Brilliant educator. I guarantee you right now, he is making 100% more money doing what he's doing outside of the classroom, still educating. Mm-hmm. He's not in a physical university setting. Mm-hmm. He's making a lot more using online tools, mm-hmm. different variations of education than he was in there. And mm-hmm. it's probably more rewarding for him his wife, his family, but he's still getting to do what he wants to do, but he's not in a formal education setting, right? Yeah. Because the world has shifted, right? You, mm-hmm. can you can get out of formal education, still educate and make way more money than you would be working for a board, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, one of the things that I acknowledge in your profession is that to be quite honest, and you know, you I think you would agree, it's it's really not that hard to stay in shape. No, it's it really isn't. But the thing is, that the, the tough thing about the fitness industry is that you have to be cutting edge in every aspect. Yes. 
your, your, your online presence, your techniques. Hey, I noticed that those guys are using kettlebells. Do you use kettlebells? No. Yeah. 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 You know, and it's kind of like, okay, so I got to certify in that, even though like, is it necessary? No. Is it good? Sure. But I think, um, but in a sense, teaching has sort of become like that too, because we have to be a little bit more cutting edge because we are competing against students who are on their phones. Yes. You know, and the thing is, they will, uh, they will list, they will place their trust in what they see on TikTok versus you, yeah. so me, or let alone CBC.ca. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, um, are you? Oh, well, CBC is a questionable fucking website. Let's be honest, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But I would take that over TikTok any day. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Right. So, um, and 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 just to highlight, this is a true story. Um, one time we were, it was, um, it was uh, Terry Fox, Terry Fox fundraising, yeah. and I said, "Hey guys, I'm gonna put in the toonie. Can everyone bring in a toonie? You know, we'll have like sixty dollars. We had a total of five dollars <laughs> as a class." So then I sat down and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get upset, but like, Hey guys, you guys are t- always talking about Fortnite, Fortnite, Fortnite. They pulled together. All the students pulled together. They, they tallied it. And they came up to me and was like, sir, we have a number. We, can we show you how much we have put in Fortnite together? I'm like, sure. Yeah. $1,000 Ashton. So then my next question was, can you show me what, what you guys get from it? Like, no, it's, it's virtual. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, something is wrong here. So we have a Terry Fox fund, which is physical, you know, and it goes towards a foundation physical. Meanwhile, they're just throwing money away at a game that exists virtually. Yeah. Have you seen Roblox? That thing is genius. <laughs> yeah. Thing, uh, yeah. Is, I'm, I'm an investor. I was in, I'm in. I'm fucking, I don't <laughs> yeah, I mean, money. That's a, that is a genius. I, I know so many parents who are blowing wads of cash on roblox for their kids but see that's that's this is what you and i are competing against right in education industry the fitness industry we're we're competing against someone who something that doesn't even yeah that doesn't even really exist right and they place their 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 finances their hope and trust into these kind of things so you know um you know going back to to what i was saying I think that with with the pandemic, some people will recognize that they have to change their plan of attack. Yes, some teachers, yeah, and- right. And but and then you can't fault those who you can't fault people who won't change their attack either. I mean, I I really believe that in you know if this pandemic were to go on for a bit, a bit longer naturally people will adapt but let's let's be honest it really hasn't been although the pandemic has around been around for two years a year and a half yeah we, we've been thrown back and forth pivoting 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 you can't adapt to that right it's 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 like you and i you get used to one you got to go back to the other by the time you get used to one you go back to the other so there's no time to fully establish a certain that's game right. plan and approach. And that's right. Right. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, that's it, right. It, that's it's right. Difficult. It's difficult, and it doesn't. That's uh, it, that's. I mean, that's where we are right now. Where where is the end to it? Right? Because yeah, you know, I mean, it, there's got to be an end to it, and there's got to be a, a certain set point where 
you're, you know, you're in class, Yeah. but I can still use some of those online things. But I mean, we're, I mean, and basically what it's like right now is you're going in a vicious circle and there doesn't, yeah. there does based on what I'm hearing. And I'm sure you hear a lot more than me. Doesn't seem like it's going to rectify itself in September. In um, yeah, I, I, I still think we're, we're, we're still in the, in the thick of it. And, um, because right now, I don't know, you could probably hear the whole talk about, oh, hybrid, hybrid teaching. Um, again, would that work in the fitness industry? Maybe, because you have people who, are, who have who've bought into the, they're paying you. They're like, hey, you know what? I want to show up to class. I'll be there. Yeah. Um, but for me, again, I'll go back to the whole, it, school isn't just about here is page 35. I'm going to teach a lesson. No, 50% of school is actually character building. Character, social building, building yeah. skills, connecting with other human beings. Right? Yeah. Well, so I, I yeah. Well, so, sorry to interrupt you, but the hybrid model would assume that parents are home to fucking monitor this shit because, uh, <laughs> yeah. Grade eight, grade seven, grade seven, like, doesn't matter. Someone has to be home, especially in that age group. Yeah. You can't just be at home chilling by themselves. Someone has to be at home monitoring. So that would be an assumption that on those certain days where they are in virtual class, there is somebody there. And that's a big assumption because people are <laughs> going to be going back to work soon. Right. Well, here, here, yeah, no. And, uh, okay. So this has happened too, where it might not be the parent. Okay. They might be at grandma, grandma, yeah. grandpa, uh, or I've had this where they're home being watched by an older sibling who is may maybe in a higher grade. And guess what? If big brother, big sister, big cousin, if they're gaming, you're gaming, right? <laughs> you're yeah. gaming, right? So, um, you know, the, it, you bring up a good point. I mean, the people who are in hybrid, are they going to be engaged? Like when I, when I'm doing a lesson and people in front of me are raising their hands or asking questions and the people on the screen are just blank, how do I assess? How do I help them? And then vice versa. And I tried it out this year where I had a few students who had to self-isolate. Yeah. So I said, hey, look, uh, just for half an hour, I'm going to do a live lesson. I'll do a live cam, see how that works. It failed big time because during that time, that's when I was being paged. Uh, that's when a student was having extreme difficulty with the task and just needed one-on-one -on -one attention. And then an hour later, the students are just sitting there and be like, hey, hey, <laughs> Mr. Yu, how about me? Yeah, and I'm like, okay, you know what? And I told him like, yeah, I apologize, but this ain't gonna work. I'll, I'll. Do you I'll think that a hybrid model would work with a smaller class size, but like twenty? Mm. Or do you think it's just a doomed kind of? Yeah, it's it. It takes. You know what it is? It's 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 a house of cards. Yeah, it could it could stand. It really could stand. But the thing is, it takes one thing to knock it out. Now, let me ask you this, Ashton: Would a hybrid model work if a supply teacher came in? Hell no. <laughs> right so and and yeah. the, the reality the reality is ashton and people hate on teachers for this i get sick i'm a healthy guy but when you put me back in the class i'm in a school setting i'll 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 get the cold i'll get the flu you know um and or or I, i'm at a workshop because I'm, I'm 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 upgrading my stuff i have to go travel or you know i'm doing professional development you know or or I'm taking my kid to the doctors. Yes, because you have a life outside of that. Uh, yeah, I have a life outside. Um, and I've had supply teachers this year say, um, 
you know, and again, not the fault of the educators, but they're like, hey, if you use this in this platform, count me out. I'm like, okay, no problem. Please, thank you. But, uh, you know, I, please. So basically what this boils down to is we have to do a lot more with, with educators and with the board and with funding to come up with a way more comprehensive model that can adjust with or without the teacher, the, the, the primary teacher being in the classroom. Uh, well, here's the, here's the thing, right? Like, so you got to think of it as like a, 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 a team. Okay. So your, your, your star player gets injured. Okay. Next up, yeah. you're, you're still going to do well, but what, what's happening here is that there's so much on that one player. Yes. Okay. So like when they're with the Raptors, right? Yeah. Yeah. They, exactly. They yeah. Shit without fucking Kawhi. Right. So it's like yeah. Kawhi with the Raptors, the, the teacher goes down. And then it's a, you're going down, everything's going down with it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, there's, there's so much focus on the, well, that, that's a teacher's job. Uh, no, it, it really is a community. You know, um, I remember five years ago, I would have like a, a, a list of amazing supply teachers. Right. Yeah. And guess what? I, ha- I had absolutely no fear of, of, of not being in school for that day because I knew that Mrs. So-and-so, Mr. So-and-so are in and, the class I come back to class is like we missed you, but it was it was a good day. Yeah. Um. So I and I think that that's what we have to consider too is that like the whole plan B, plan C is 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 it's not is, there. It's, it's not, not it's not there. It's not there. And and you're looking at a, a year long campaign. You have to have a plan A, plan B, plan C, D, E, and F too, probably. D and F, right? So, you know, so. Yeah. So saying that, well, we, we know the school boards on one end, but we also know there's something called the unions. And sure. I'm not a big fucking fan of them. Not not yeah. just your not the unions that are for the teachers. I'm just saying unions in general. I've never been a unionized employee. Uh, and not because I don't want to, just because of where my career and my life has taken me. Mm-hmm. But um I want to highlight something back in 2019 teachers were always, they were on strike. It was a big, there was a big work uh, action thing going on. There was a strike. The pandemic happened Mm -hmm. and that wasn't resolved yet. That whole ordeal from 2019 going into 2020 wasn't really resolved. All of a sudden the pandemic happened and it got resolved a little bit. The union came to terms. Nobody gave a fuck anymore because uh, we were in a pandemic. And so that was kind of just under the table. It wasn't very highlighted because of what was going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, why does it seem to me that mm-hmm. during normal times, the union and the government have been at odds, but sure. during this time specifically, the union and the government seem to be functioning cohesively fucking well, all of a sudden, it just seems like, when uh you know when dougie doug goes on the fucking this is this this is what bugged me significantly when he goes on the news uh back in may when people are asking are we going to get kids back in school in june Mm. and he used the term shareholders i have to talk to the shareholders now whenever (laughs) i i do a lot of investing personally when i hear the term shareholders i don't think of people who give a fuck about what's going on i give a i hear Mm-hmm. people are trying to make money mm-hmm. 
why does it seem like they're in agreement during the uh, this time as opposed to when we're not in the pandemic? Will it just flip flop back and forth? And and what's going on with that? Uh, well, I mean, okay, so all right. So to highlight, just to go back a little bit, yeah, there's there was um, okay, so the whole strike. You know, I think it's important for me to 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 let people know how that how that how that even starts, right? Yeah. So, uh, there's a fair process because, you know, because we're unionized, we have what they call, um, collective bargaining, which means yeah. you can sit down at a table and say, Hey, Ashton, I think we're justified to ask for a 2%, 2% raise in, yeah. you know, look at, look at, look at the rate of inflation, you know, cost of living's gone up. You know, and 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 it's fair. It's it's fair to have one party say these are our terms. What do you think? Now, obviously, logic logically speaking, when you do that, there's something called a compromise. There's yeah. a, there's a com- there's a conversation, right? And you and I go through this a lot when you know when you talk to family members. Hey, I have an idea. I want to go to Canada's Wonderland. They're like, no, let's go to Great Wolf Lodge, and then you you have a compromise. Yeah. Right. So. Um, that what has, what happened was there was a lot of non discussions and, and, and basically on whose end on the, on the union end or on the, the school board. Uh, well, so basically your unions, your, so your, 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 your boards, sorry, I might not be hundred percent accurate, but you're basically the government wasn't willing to. Uh, it was more like take this, take this. Okay. So and, and it's it's like it's it's almost like saying, Ashton, we're going to Great Wolf Lodge. Yeah. Or or no or no trip, you know, kind of thing, right? Okay. I understand. Yeah. So and there's and there's a process to that. So uh, as as a union, there's 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 like a, a ten step. Again, I'm just kind of guesstimating. Like there are like, hey, you know what? Please listen. Let's have a third party. Uh, you know, let's have someone to a mediator. Uh, yeah. a mediator. We and and that was all all, all there. And the whole, and then we, you know, the, the process is long. It, it, a lot, I think a lot of people think that, Hey, teachers disagree with that. They're going to strike. Yeah. That's, that's not how it goes. A strike is a very, very last, last resort. And we, we, we will protest. So one of the, the last things we do is probably withdraw from extracurriculars. And I got it, Ashton, man. And I think one of the things that when you look back at your previous teachers, um, we do a lot of extracurriculars and be it, you know, 100%. reading. I don't think yeah. any parent will doubt that. Any, no parent will doubt that. Uh, a lot of people think it's part of our job. Well, well, you know, they can go fuck themselves, but uh, uh, <laughs> it's not part of your job. But you do that because you love it. And it's just, it's just there's tons of stuff I do in my profession that I don't get paid for that uh, I do because I love it. And I care about my clients and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. I, I, I'm going to play devil advocate for a second because I'm not. Dis- sure. I'm not disagreeing with you or, or the, the teachers here, but like, yep. The, I got caught on to this guy through Joe Rogan's podcast, Peter Schiff. He's a really smart gold guy. He owns a tons of gold companies, really huge, huge in the States, fucking brilliant <laughs> entrepreneur. And he was talking about, um, this was back. It might've been 2019, 2018, when I heard this conversation where he was talking about Donald Trump's, uh, driver it was all disgruntled and pissed off because, um, he wasn't getting paid enough. Let's, mm-hmm, be, mm-hmm. let's be fucking honest. You're Donald Trump's driver. You're getting fucking paid. He didn't. Yeah. 
here, here's where I'll play devil's advocate is when I sign a contract to fight, for example, mm-hmm. I sign to show up at 170 fucking pounds or less. Sure. I sign that I will potentially die. I sign that I will show up and I will do the job. There's no fucking going back on it. You, you understand what I'm saying? When I put my, absolutely, absolutely. My yep. name on the paper, when I sign an employment contract, I sign a contract, a contract. I have signed to those terms as a man or as a woman. I am giving you my word for exchange for services. Sure. Yep. To on the outside, it seems like every three or four years, the union is trying to go back on that word. Like if you sign something, right? Or or you get you understand what I'm saying? Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yep. Terms, why do I have the right to try to change it in the middle of the terms? That's like in the middle of a boxing match saying this is the sixth round. This guy is fucking really good. Let's renegotiate for the next six rounds before I continue, right? No, I no, I really appreciate that observation because I, I think that's the perception that a lot of people have. But during, so let's just say our, our contract is every two years we can renegotiate. Yes. It's essentially the same as an employer, an employee going to employer. Hey, it's been six months now. Can I, can we talk about, um, a change in responsibilities or uh, increase in pay. Yeah. And then they'll sit down like, Hey, you know what? You've shown up, uh, you've done overtime, you've shown responsibility. Yes. You deserve, even if it's a lateral move, yeah. uh, some sort of movement. So, and that, that's what collective bargaining is where we sit down at the table and say, rate of inflation has gone up I, again. I'm, these are just Generic, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah like there, there, there's way more, there's way more uh, things, but at the same time, Ashton, our 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 workload has increased, right? right. When you yeah. when you go from uh, 26 students and you're now writing report cards and and calling 36 parents, mm-hmm. and then on top of that, um, they have your independent education plan, so with their IEPs, and you go through the process of 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 writing them out and. Let's talk about managing 36, 30 plus kids. Yeah. The workload has has changed. The workload has changed significantly. Um, so I think that it's always fair. And you t- if you take a look around at other industries where um, they get like a two or three percent raise, yeah. it's only fair to say I think that we should be considered. Let's consider that. Well, I think I, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you. I think teachers yeah. deserve more money. I think what leaves a sour taste in people's mouth is was, uh, is there was an agreement before, and it just it just there's the public perception, right? It mm-hmm. may not even be true because, like you're saying, collective bargaining is different. If your term is coming up every two or three years, you you have the right to negotiate, right? But it, it just it, it seems like in the middle of the term, there's always a fucking problem in the education system. Like the teachers and educators are always having, they always want to renegotiate in the middle of the term. Am I correct or wrong? Or it just, uh, seems no, no, no. Okay. All right. So, all right. So I, yeah, you know what? That perception might be the perception is I acknowledge that perception. However, the collective bargaining process starts early. So this is, this, it's almost like, um, okay. You hear about this in basketball. We're like, Hey, that guy, that guy's contract is, is due by the end of the season. They have, they have the right to start negotiating. Before the end of the season. So that, exactly. Exactly. Basically the public perception is that teachers are being disgruntled and being assholes 
in the middle of their contracts when really mm. it's the collective bargaining is coming up and they're yep. putting their chips on the table. That's really the clarification of what's going on. Yeah, there is a thorough process where they, they survey employees, yes. right? And, um, and it, as they should, because the, the point of the union is to hear the collective voice. Um, and, and so what that process starts, and I think, it, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty crafty on, on the part of the government too, where, when the process starts and it's already like, no, take this. And all of a sudden, like, they're not happy with it. So I guess the strike's coming. <laughs> I guess it, and, it, and we're like, no, we don't want, we don't want a strike. Like, you know, for, for the most part, educators love their job. I mean, yes, yes. but we also love being acknowledged and, 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 and you know, financially, um supported yeah. for for well, you want to make sure if you're putting in that extra effort if you're doing the extracurriculars if you're taking the time to call parents and all that shit, you want to make sure that your fucking kids can eat too you don't want to be going home broke yeah absolutely 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 and and again um it's easy for me and i don't want a, 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 a so some people so, so it's easy for me to say it's this government uh i gotta be honest with you for the past 10 years it's been yeah from liberal governments conservative governments all the fucking same shit like yeah and again i'm not i'm not trying to be political here but the the reality is it it hasn't been a a smooth i for the past 10 years i don't recall a smooth collective bargaining process process right um and and see i think it's easy to target teachers because the first thing people say are like they get, they get paid just, just, you know, close your mouth and teach. Yeah. We, we, it's it teaching. Like I said, you and I both understand it's not just well, as I'll easy be, as I'll teaching. Be, I've been guilty of that phrase that you just said too. And that's mm-hmm. just sometimes out of anger or just sometimes out of situation. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, that that's the, that's the common thing. It's just, you know, you get paid, shut up and teach, or you get paid yeah. shut up and bring me my fucking food. Right. This is human nature. Well, right? and, and here's the thing. I mean, like, um, you know, like we have great coaches, right. And it, you know, I, I pay X amount here. Will I get the same quality if I go somewhere else? No, it is different. And the thing is you start to, you start to value, what someone does outside of what they're paid to do. Yeah. You know, when, you know, and I think um, when you realize just how much the worth you realize, Hey, it's worth thinking about how much I'm paying, the, uh, you know, this person. Um, so, yeah. And the thing is that people are like, well, teachers get their summers off. I'm like, sure. I think most professions you get time off. Yeah. And, and <laughs> you know, and at it the just same so time, happens that your time off is fucking grouped into the summer. You get the, this. Yeah. Just so happens. what else? What else would you have it? Like, yeah. like <laughs> kids, kids can only take X like, OK, kids can only sit in a room for so much. They're, they're meant to be kids are meant to go and do their thing. And I won't lie, Ashton, it's a great job. It's a great job. I, I, I won't lie, but I won't, I will always also be honest with you that there are some of us who will take time off to relax and rejuvenate, but guess what? Once a certain date hits, I'm, I'm starting to get ready for September because that's how much preparation it takes. And the other thing too, Ashton, is that I'm fortunate to know what my what my allocation is for next year is grade eight, but yeah. there because of budgeting in September. This is a true story, Ashton. 
a handful of, of educators were relocated to a different school, different, different assignment like that. Like that. And they were preparing for one thing the whole time. And then all of a sudden it's just changed. Yes. Actually, man, they sat down in our staff meetings like you know just getting things right and all of a sudden they're like yeah um so and so so and so so and so you're now online mm. and i spent the summer with them planning online and you're kind of like okay you know what this this, this you know take that and one at some point you're gonna expect some of them to just say fuck it and throw in the cards right right why yeah why why you put yourself why? through all that effort all that preparation all that stress mm-hmm. um for depending on i don't know how the pay structure works there but you know say it's a more junior uh, person that hasn't been in the board that long for a shitty paycheck when i could go do something else and make a whole lot more and be a lot less stressed out that's exactly it i think comes down to your well-being yes your well-being like is is this good for your well-being and again i'm fortunate to be you know up there in the seniority list but i i i just talk i talked to someone who's been teaching for over eight years now and every single year it's a different school yeah well is, right? it, is it i guess well, that's why i want to talk about because not not many people have this conversation about the unions <clears throat> and what's going on mm-hmm. so it's, it's a good thing to understand because on the outside it just seems like teachers are being assholes but when you really boil it down and you come to that you know there's a collective bargaining comes every two or three years so then it brings a little bit more clarity to what's going on. They're not being assholes every two to three years, guys. They're being assholes when it's time to renew that contract and come up with a new term yeah. of agreement. Because I think a lot of people's perception is you put your pen to paper, you sign the fucking contract, yeah. live up to it. Well, here's the reality. The contract's coming up to an end. That's right. We we're trying to renegotiate our terms. Yep. And it just so happens that, well... Both sides are playing hardball and we're going to do a little bit of striking. And, and yep. that's why it's important to, for us to have these conversations and to put it out there because not a lot of people are willing to have that conversation and they'll pick one fucking side. They'll be like, no, teachers deserve yeah. more money. <laughs> no, you guys signed, you agreed. Fuck you. Fuck you. Like, yeah. Let's fight about it. Whereas the reality of the situation is every couple years, things need to be renegotiated. I do agree teachers need more money, but I also do, do agree that that money's got to come from somewhere and that's tax dollars. Yeah. That's other stuff. So there has to be some sort of meeting in the middle, but yeah, I mean, I, uh, you know, education costs money. Education is an investment and yes. let's not actually, let's not even talk about educators. Let's talk about the buildings. Oh yeah. They're, they're, <laughs> they're shit. Yeah. I went like, to uh, West Hill collegiate it is a fucking pile. It was like a, <laughs> It was, uh, I was there over 20 years ago. It's still standing. And when I was there 20 years ago, it was an 80 year old building or some shit like that. So you, you, you there are, there, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, you could walk into a school and you wouldn't know what year you're in. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's really, it's really retro. I mean, you know, I feel like I'm still in grade six, uh, but I'll, you know, this whole pandemic has also, um, put a huge spotlight on the, like I said, remember that analogy? I said the leaky roofs. Yeah. Our schools and literally or figuratively have ventilation issues. Yes. Okay. There's, there's no ventilation. There's some rooms, there's no ventilations. And, and obviously, so I'll give an example in my classroom, I'm on the second floor. So obviously your windows have to be safe, 
right? They they yeah. can't slide open so that things or people can jump out. Yeah, sure, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Miss you, I hate you, and then it's like yeah. yeah. But the thing is, like, they open up like this. Here's a here's the window. That's how. That's as far as the window opens. Yeah. My kids can't even throw things out the window. Like they throw it out and it bounces back off the window, back in the glass, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. So, I mean, uh, what kind of ventilation are we getting there? I mean, well, it, it's yeah. In def- I'm not defending anybody because I don't uh, fuck the government. You know my views on some of this shit. But uh, in the defense, it does take time for some of those things to happen. It's just sure. the time is not available right and we need to get these things handled really fucking quickly because of how yeah. fast the world has changed so that brings me to like we'll wrap this up in this way what after the last two years it's been a clusterfuck in the education system with 2019 with the job action stuff going into 2020 with this bullshit coronavirus crap mm-hmm. what are we looking at like what is the outlook as as your educator what can we do to fix what's going on? What do we have to be more aware of? Because mm. as a parent, for example, my daughter is supposed to start school next year. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, personally, this is our personal decision. I don't want to send my child to kindergarten wearing a mask and doing all that shit. Uh-huh. Um, where do we go from here? What can we expect? Where? How do we fix this? Because I know it's not a teacher problem. And it's not a school board problem. It's an mm. entire problem uh, that we need to fix all together. How, how do we get there? What, what, what do we got to do to make 2019 and 2020 go away? Mm. Get something better for our kids, right? Well, I mean, again, uh, it, it comes down to the direction from the government. And again, uh, I, could play, I could play the game all day and hate on the government. But at the same time, yeah. as a nation, you know, we're all going through this together where this is like, this is brand new. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So um, suffice to say the communication from up top has been really confusing. Like we've gone through, Hey, it's level one, level two. Okay. No, scrap that color scheme, yellow, green, red. There's another level beyond red. Did you know that? Yeah. (laughs) Right. It's It's called fucking depression and (laughs) oppression and communism. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) It's, and it's tough. And, And the whole thing, so as you know, like we we had in like we had uh, brick and mortars, like you know, kids in school, and and obviously on paper the cohorting on paper makes sense, right? Yeah. Like for instance, this grade will stay with this grade, this teacher stays with that grade. There's no switching. Okay, that makes sense. But as an educator, I already said, but what if you have a family that has one kid in grade four, kindergarten, and a high school kid, yeah. and so they go, they come back, and then that household gets infected. Like, remember, we are dealing with something that's exponential, not linear. Yeah. Right? A virus is exponential. So this, again, it's a house of cards. Um, my, my, my advice is, you know, for parents to, uh, you know, be compassionate to educators, be compassionate to, you know, um, people who are, are running the government. I mean, again, we have ample things this negative things to say for both we really do but i think that you know um well it's easy easy to point the finger at one or the other but nobody ever wants to point the finger at themselves right Uh, yeah and here's the thing i'm again i'm privileged but at some point i remember one time i went up to my my own kid during class i said you know what shut it down 
just go and go play with your toys and just just relax. I'm like, but it's still class. I'm like, trust me. Yeah, you're fine. You know, or or right after school, we go to the park and play. You know, um, so I think as parents, don't feel as though you have to be the teacher. You already are a teacher. Yeah, you you right, and and involving them into simple things like cleaning the house together, doing laundry together, playing, playing board games. So one of the things that I've done this year with my son every Sunday is go on zoom with my neighbors and we play monopoly together with mm-hmm. my board and their board and my sons, my kids are involved and, and we, we really enjoy that, that social aspect. And, um, and, and the other thing is don't, don't stress out too much because everyone's having a rough time. Yes. Everyone, like my son had four different teachers this year. Right. Yeah, you're a teacher too. So. Yeah. So, and, and I'm kind of like, you know, every, and every teacher had a different style, a different way of, you know, sending work or where they place their work in what folder. And my son was like, I don't know where the work is really. And it's always say, Hey, it's not your fault. Yeah. It's not your fault. Um, but I think last but not least, it's ironic because before the pandemic hit, we are, we were already saying screen time is too much for kids. Yeah. Screen time, too much, too much screen time. Now we're saying, Hey, more screen time, more screen time. And then, and then no screen time. Like what doesn't make any sense. Now we're doing eight hours or seven hours, yeah. eight hours for sure. Especially if you're doing work, right. If you're yeah. doing, if you're, if you're doing the homework. So find something to do that's off screen. Okay. Yes. <laughs> good advice. That's good advice. Uh, the last thing I want to say before we wrap this up, should kids be in class in September? hundred percent. They, they should have been in class, uh, you know, with the right things in place. Like as teachers, we've been, we want that. We want, you know, yeah, there are some, some perks and benefits from teaching from home, but being honestly being in school, time flies, time flies. I, I know a lot of teachers, we just love teaching. Kids love being at school because they're with their friends. Yes. They're, they're the- with their friends, you know, and, and, and they love that interaction. And um, so, yeah. Uh, but in saying that things have to be in place, it, can't, it, it, it has to be more than sign this paper. If you are healthy, because uh, that's, you know, I'm like, now we're wasting. I was like, you know, <laughs> I'm trying to wrap my head around that one. But, uh, you well, know, my, my, I want to end it this way is my, and my, on my, my view of it. If, if vaccinations are working, if they do work, if that's what mm-hmm. we are being told works and herd immunity is a thing and try, you get the kids back in fucking school and let's go. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. If, if these things that you guys are promoting, if the government are promoting, these are the things that are working to get us out of this situation then if it is really that effective, if you are not lying to us, mm-hmm. not lying to the public about how effective these things are, get the fucking kids back in school, let yeah. them learn and let them be kids. Because at the end of the day, we've already taken a year and a half from them of being kids. Anything more will probably lead to a really big fucking problem in this country and not just this country, a lot more, but this country and this province in particular, because we are way behind. Way oh, behind yeah. the rest of the world. We are way behind the rest of the world reopening. We are way behind the rest of the world moving on from this. Mm-hmm. We're stuck in this vicious cycle that if we do, if we are being told the truth, if what they're saying is the reality, 
then in September, kids need to be back in fucking school and being kids again. And not- the, the, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. I mean, if if we continue on with this path, uh, you know, obesity is the obvious one. But then uh, the other thing is injuries are gonna uh, injuries are gonna get high. Yeah. Right. Because like everyone's bones are softer. People are falling down. The coordination's not there. Yeah. You know, um, online addiction. Right. Uh, gamble. Um, gambling is going to be there. Video yeah. game addiction, depression, social. It, 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 it's a whole negative plethora of of negative things that can happen if we don't do something significant yeah. to change. Yeah. And yeah. guess what? Guess what? It takes money. Yes, it takes money. It and, takes money. And you know, you I've always said this to my wife, and I'm going to end this on this shit because it's fucking always true. And I don't give a shit. I don't mind paying more taxes if I can sign a fucking paper and says it goes directly to education. Sure. If, yeah. If, if I am paying more taxes and I have no fucking clue where it's going, I am skeptical. But if yeah. I am paying more taxes on my fucking and I'm a business owner, so I have to pay taxes. I don't get it deducted off of shit. I got to save money. I will save mm-hmm. an extra couple hundred bucks a year if I know it goes directly towards educating and teachers and putting that system into play because that is i don't want to sound corny but education is the future if you're not fucking educating yourself in some manner you're an idiot right you're going to end up being in the lower percentile of society that's just the way it is if i basically what it boils down we need more fucking money let's get it there but let's do it the right way and that's a whole nother absolutely seven hour discussion but yeah I'll, i'll 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 help you end it here too because you know, um, you know, if you take a look at some of the side podcasts that I've done, I interview former students who are like a professional boxer. Yeah, uh, I've got a real estate agent, got a police officer, I got you know all these amazing community members from our community, you know, who were influenced by good education. Yes, right, and majority of it, Ashton, were people I coached, not just in class. But they, they, yeah, they drew from, I remember that one game. I remember that timeout. I remember losing. I remember winning. And all these things that are, you know, extra, right, uh, are there. And, and last but not least, a, a very, very hands-on thing that parents can do is get, in, when I mean get involved with your student's education, not only sitting beside them once in a while and say, hey, let's go over your work. Let's go over, you know, let's, let's see how we can improve. But also be a voice there every school has a parent council yeah right like hop and in. you yeah. hop in listen to what's going on because as a parent when you listen to some of the things that are happening you will gain more understanding but you also gain more of a foothold and saying i know how to help out this year at our school our parent council helped out with our graduation because guess what we can't do it alone i can't do it i can't i'm, I'm doing report cards and marketing and teaching it's too much. It's too much. So parents jumped in and they really, really helped out. And, and that's, that's, that's community right there. There you go. That's a good way to end it, brother. Thank thank you so much for coming on, man. I I appreciate it. And uh, keep doing what you're doing because the world needs a million more Davin U's out there, brother. (laughs) Thanks, Ashton. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, thanks for having me on this podcast. I'm looking forward to some punchy punching, (laughs) you know, (laughs) you know when things are good all right brother thank you thank you